to close your mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellet. As an athlete, current or former, have you ever felt as though you had to play through injury? Unfortunately, for athletes of all skill levels, forcing themselves or being forced to perform while injured is too common a phenomenon. The 21st century has produced more than two dozen reputable studies on the psychological impact of playing through injury, but today's guest is a case study on his own. Levi Mavoris experienced the pressure to continue to pitch through elbow pain during his time at Kansas State University. The road to get to Division I baseball, though, began to shape the way Mavoris viewed his capabilities. I was going to go to a, a junior college in, in Washington. Didn't have any Division I offers, um, no, no D2 offers, nothing. I had two junior colleges, and I was going to go to a, it was called Bellevue Community College, and, um, and we played uh, summer ball, we're, you know, summer ball tournaments. And for whatever reason, so like they, the coach said like, we could go to two tournaments this summer. We can go to one, I think it was in California or somewhere like closer and, you know, nice <laughs> on the beach, I think somewhere's like nice weather. And then he's like, or we could go to Manhattan, Kansas. And for whatever reason, we chose Manhattan, Kansas. And I'm so glad we did because I ended up pitching um, just the, you know, one, a game didn't mean anything in the tournament, but, but I ended up throwing well. And the coach, I got a call a week later and said, Hey, you know, we're interested in you. We're looking at another guy, but would you want to come to K state? And I said, yes, please. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and another, another week goes by and they call me and say, you know, if you wanted it's yours. And so I ended up signing with like two weeks left in the summer before school started and was on campus and in, in a week. <laughs> division like division one was the goal any it's you know it's any kid's goal going especially going through high school and so you know you're like okay i'll get you college for a couple of years and then went a big school and honestly i didn't know <laughs> didn't know anything about the big 12 at the time i was just like okay it's d1 like we're doing it which which can be you know sometimes cannot work out but um but luckily thankfully for me it did and um and yeah a couple of weeks later i was in <laughs> i was in kansas after completely missing the late summer college orientation and quickly beginning to feel overwhelmed, Mavoris received a text from the coaching staff that set the precedent for his college baseball experience. So, so anyways, the first day on campus, uh, the coach texts us and says, you know, meet in the locker room and, and, and after class at like 315 or something like that. And so, and, and, you know, you know, it's, it's Kansas and it's the middle of the summer. So it's a little hot and, um, and so we get to, we get to the locker room and, and, you know, like we're all excited, especially freshman me. I have no idea what's going, what's coming. You know, we're getting our gear. I'm like, Oh God, like we got, we got t-shirts that say K-State and we got, we got free cleats. Are you kidding me? Like, this is the dream. And so uh, coach starts talking and he's like, any, any, any starts to get like, he's like, last year's not going to happen, man. Like that's not, and I'm like, Oh, like what happened last year? Like, were we bad? You know, like, I don't know what's going on. And so he gets like more and more angry as he's, as he's talking. And finally he's like, okay. And to that end, we're doing conditioning tests, 10 minutes, get your cleats on outside right now. I'm like, wait, what? And so we, we go do this conditioning test and it's like, um, there's like five, 300 yard shuttles or something like that under like under a certain certain time <clears throat> and if you don't pass it you got to keep running them until you pass uh so needless to say i did not pass and we ended up running like i think i think i ended up running like 14 or 15 
Um, <laughs> and finally they were like, I mean, cause if you don't pass the first like five or six, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna like get a, get a second wind on, on 12 or 13. Um, so, so it didn't pass. And then, um, and then finally they took pity on me and they're like, okay, like boot camp 6am tomorrow morning, just be, just be ready. I was like, Oh my God, like what, what just happened guys? And so, um, and so, yeah, that was my introduction. And then, and then, um, we ended up actually going to the hospital for for a week the next the next morning after boot camp but that is a that's another story but uh but yeah that was my orientation in uh, into college sports regardless of the rigor and the hospital bills Mavoris and k-state ended up winning the big 12 that season as new as he was to the wildcat stack book Mavoris's dominance on the mound was evident my freshman year i was kind of just i was like hey you know i'm playing college baseball this is fun and so i you know i just kept doing it. And I ended up getting the, getting the Friday night spot halfway through the year. And like, I didn't know what, what a Friday night starter was. So I was just, you know, I was just throwing. And, um, and so my freshman year, and I didn't really have too much time to, to worry about the mental, you know, the mental aspect of the game, which, which was a good thing. Um, and then my sophomore year, um, we, we actually did, we didn't have a sports psych sports psych guy, um, or girl, um, on staff at the time, but our sophomore year, we got a, we got a sports psychologist named Ian Canole, um, on staff. And so I started working with him and that was when that kind of the, the you versus you started to creep in a little bit. Um, and so it worked with him, did some visualization <clears throat> and ended up having an okay year. Um, but, but I would say that that was when I really started to focus on, you know, um, did a lot of visualization, did a lot of, a lot of exercises to, to, you know, to get, get out of your head essentially. So it's kind of an interesting, you know, dichotomy where you do, especially, you know, as you get, as you get later and later in your career, all the work you're doing is to not think about anything, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but, but that's like when, you know, when you're in the best headspace on the mound or playing any sport, uh, you know, you, people are always like, what are you going, what's going through your mind? It's nothing. Like maybe a song that I listened to earlier in the day, you know, and like, you're not thinking about the game at all. And so like all the work that we did was to get to be able to get to that spot. When he was working with the sport medicine staff, visualization was his favorite mental skill to fine tune. Dr. Canole, the Kansas State Director of Sports Psychology, led Mavoris through regular visualization sessions, during which Mavoris would be tasked to provide in-depth details of every possible way an outing could go, down to the smells and the atmosphere of the ballparks we did a lot of visualization work. So I would go in with a plan, uh, that, that, okay, I wanted to, I wanted to go through these specific scenarios, um, and work on, work on slowing the game down. So he, you know, we would, we would, we would go through pretty rigorous visualizations and, um, and go through specific scenarios that I, that I had kind of thought of over that week. So for example, you know, for playing, TCU or Texas and and you know I'm okay I'm like okay I want to go through the first you know the first inning every batter um you know what I'm going to throw where you know what the result of the AB the AB is going to be and then and then we would kind of I would kind of choose some specific scenarios let's say in like the fourth inning runners on first and second no out like what am I going to throw um how what's the result of the AB going to be and, and visualize that success. And, and then, um, we would go through, I would have, you know, I would say, I want to go, I'm, I'm going seven innings this week. And so, um, and so we would 
we would go through the go through the outing, go through the warmups, go through every every aspect, you know, as as in depth as you can um, of that outing, and then and then it, that would take about forty five minutes to an hour, and then um, and then yeah, I would, you know, I would go through my outing, and and that would be our session, and then I actually used him uh, when I went through surgery too. We we did visualization to to help the the um, the screw in the arm, uh, kind of, kind of get that, get that healed a little quicker, which was pretty interesting to, to, um, hear about, you know, hear about and go through that as well. Normally elbow injuries in pitchers are synonymous with UCL reconstruction surgery or more commonly called Tommy John, but Mavoris's injuries were different. I had a stress fracture in my, uh, in my, what they call the olecranon. So like the, the bone between your, your, um, wrist and your elbow, the, that's, that's the olecranon. And so I actually had two, I had two stress fractures, um, one on, on the bone, uh, that was like that where your UCO kind of the inside of your elbow. And then the olecranon was the big one. Um, the, the one on the inside healed on its own and the olecranon, they had to go, there was a crack about halfway through the bone. So it wasn't fully, fully gone, but that's what I'd been throwing on that. Um, pretty much my whole junior year. And so my velo, needless to say, went way down. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but they went in and they just, what they did is they took a screw. And if you think of it like a two by four, this went and screwed it up and, and let it heal. And, and so, yeah, I still, I still got it in my elbow right now, but, uh, but yeah, it was pretty, I mean, it was pretty, uh, pretty simple surgery. Even though Mavoris was sidelined as he completed the rehabilitation process, his return to play was never questioned. His self-worth wasn't dictated by his ERA, but he was still itching to be back out. One of the unintended great consequences of getting injured is you realize how fragile the game is. Um, and, I, and, I, and I feel pretty confident anybody that's gone through a serious surgery, serious injury will tell you that. Like it gives you a new perspective on like I can, if I can do this without pain, like that's a, that's a, that's a win in and of itself. And so let's go have some fun. Let's see what happens. Um, so, so really being able to just go on the mound and, and enjoy, you know, my senior year pain-free and not worry about that, just worry about pitching was really what, what, you know, made it, made it easier for me to just kind of be like, oh, Hey, you know, we're playing ball today. Let's go have some fun. As a pitcher, you don't really hear a lot about getting a broken bone and like not being able to come back. Um, so I guess a little bit, I was a little bit more worried about it, but at the same time, like in your mind, you're never going to not pitch again. Um, so I was more, I was more angry, I guess, with the fact that I pitched enough my junior year without saying anything. And that was a big lesson that I learned was like, if you're not right as an athlete, like you need to be able to speak up and, and tell, you know, and don't, and don't worry about, you know, people calling you soft or anything like that, because you know, when you're sore and you know, when you're actually hurt as an athlete. Um, and so that was a big lesson for me because I, I essentially, uh, by not speaking up, I pitched just long enough to not redshirt. So I, you know, so you, so you lose a year, you lose a, you know, um, draft eligibility leverage, you use, you use time to rehab. And so my, I ended up getting surgery over the summer after the summer after my junior year. And, um, it was a little bit of a, I wouldn't, I want to say rushed, but, but my first outing, I mean, my first couple outings back my senior year, I was, you know, you're still getting your kind of your sea legs under you and, and getting that, getting that, uh, endurance and velo, like my velo, my first outing was like 87. And then by the, by the seventh inning, it was like 80, 81. And so like, 
it, it's, it ended up being okay, but, but you're, you know, you're doing yourself and you're doing your team a disservice if you know you're not right. And you're still, you know, you're still kind of going out there because it's at the end of the day, it's your career, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I try to get guys to realize that it's their career in the training process and every aspect of it, because, because I didn't realize that at the time, you know, when I was playing either. So if I could, you know, if I had a, if I had a time machine, I would, there's, there's, I have no regrets, but there's a couple things that I would do differently for sure. Although he was able to get back on the mound, Mavoris recognized that he potentially hurt his professional playing opportunities. When the MLB draft arrived, he was anxiously waiting by the phone. The draft was definitely an interesting experience for myself. Um, so, I mean, when you, when, when you have a, when you have that, that process, you have my, you know, your, your advisor who, who becomes your agent at the time, you have your pitching coach, you have, you know, a group of people saying, you know, you're, you're going to go, we think you're going to go here. And I wasn't going to be a high round guy, but I, I had had a pretty decent, pretty decent college career. So, um, so was thinking they were like, okay, you're a senior. So the way it works is sometimes teams will take you higher in the draft to, so they can spend their money on maybe a, a big money, a big money guy that they got in like the sixth or seventh round. And they don't have enough, they don't have enough uh, money to, to spend money on a, you know, on a 10th, eight, nine or 10 round um, junior sign. So they'll sign a senior and, and pay, you know, like a thousand bucks. And so they're like, okay, that, that could be you or, or maybe, you know, 20s, 20s to at the latest 30s, which at the time, you know, MLB was still going 40 rounds. Um, <laughs> so, so the, the second day comes, it comes and goes and, you know, I don't hear anything and I didn't expect to, I didn't really expect to hear anything in the, in the ninth or 10th. I was like, that'd be cool. But, but I was thinking, you know, teens to 20s is probably where I'll start, start, you know, hearing some things. And, um, and so on the third day, the, the started getting to the twenties, don't hear anything like, okay, you know, not too worried about it. You know, people, somebody will call somebody, somebody's got to call. Um, and, and, you know, of course the, the family's in town and, uh, so they're not, they're not really sure how to react. Cause you're, you know, you're starting to get a little antsy, you know, we're trying to figure out things to do to take your mind off things. Like we're going bowling, um, <laughs> And you're picking up like the five pound ball and you're just literally throwing it like a baseball because you're because you're like, no, I'm not mad at all. And then you're just chucking this thing down the lane. <laughs> and uh, third, you start seeing guys that you play with go off the board and like, you're like, oh, come on. Like, are you, are you serious right now? And so, you know, and nothing, still nothing. And, and finally we get we get through 40 and didn't get a call. And I was like, there's nothing you could have told me to, you know, to calm me down. I was I was not going to hear it. And so. um you know, because after that, you don't know. That's when you're like, "Am I just not gonna like what? Like what? What now?" Um, and uh, and so that was that was a that was a tough tough weekend. And then thankfully, the next day, um, got a call from my agent and said, "Like, do you want to be a cardinal?" And I was like, "Yes, please. Just let me throw a ball somewhere. Like that's all I want to do." Um, and so uh, so I was able to sign um, free agent deal with the Cardinals and uh, the scout the scout that signed me or that you know that that kind of went to bat for me um called me it was like congratulations and uh and he's he's a great dude still still talk to him to this day and uh, and then uh yeah next day you're on a plane to plane to florida get your physical and and then go to go to the affiliate you're going to when he got to johnson city for rookie ball mavoris was forced to figure a lot of the way his life as a minor leaguer would eventually go by himself 
he no longer had a Division I athletic department behind him. Instead, he used the free-for-all that is minor league baseball to learn more about himself and how to thrive in the Cardinals system. And that's where that's where taking your career into your own hands really becomes, you know, first and foremost, because it's on you to get your work in. It's on you because there's one trainer for like 35 guys. And so if you're like, you're going to piss the trainer off if you keep like, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? So it comes it becomes on your shoulders to to get, you know, to get your work in, to get your arm care in um, each and every day. And then like and then if there's really something wrong, then go to the trainer and say, hey, can you take a look at this? But um but it, it, it's on you to, you know, do what you need to do to get yourself ready to, to go play the game that night. When, when you get up, when you get up double A, triple A, the show, it, it's in terms of um, getting yourself ready to play is a little easier because you have more, more, you know, more heads per player. Right. So, you know, when you get to the show, you got, you got anything you need to get ready. Um, but when you're in the lower levels, it's, and that's really only, only really what I can speak to. Um, in terms of playing it's it's you know like i said it's one trainer for 35 guys and you know and and that's pretty much it so it's really about getting into the routine and getting into what you need to do and what whatever gets you mentally ready to play that night so um for me out of out of the pen because because and pen guys are treated a little bit different than starters because starters have a have a preset routine they have a you know they after their after they after their start day they you know they do a recovery day they do a lift or whatever and then they you know ha- have each day planned out for what they need to do throwing wise um but as a bullpen guy you need to be ready maybe three nights in a row maybe you know not throw for two weeks so it's it you kind of are treated like a position player in that sense where you you know you have your two lift days and if you you know if you lift you could you could still throw that night so it's about doing doing the little things you know mobility arm care um you know hot tub cold tub anything anything that gets you ready and gets your body ready to be able to go out and you know and and throw on you know on a moment's notice honestly i i love the pen um and i think and i think that's some guys love the pen some guys love to start and i think the pen helped me just go throw like Cause, cause my, I mean, I, one of the things I struggled with was overthinking, um, throughout my whole career. And so the pen really it's, it's, you know, if, if you're sitting down, you're hanging out, you're having a, you know, you're joking around and somebody says, Hey, you know, need to be ready in in three hitters. You just go like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, fire drill, go, you know, get your gloves to throw 10, you know, and then, and then you're ready to go. And so I think that I almost enjoyed that more because, because you don't, you know, you, you just, you go, you're hanging out until it's time to throw if you need to throw that night. And then if not, then, then there you go. Um, so that's, I loved, I love the pen and I loved the fact that, um, you could, you could, you know, have some, have some conversations that were not about baseball, um, for, for a couple hours and, and we get, get into, get into some shenanigans, uh, if, if it wasn't your day to throw. He was suddenly cracking jokes in the bullpen and playing alongside guys who had signed multi-million dollar contracts. But he said that he didn't internalize the MILB culture discrepancy. You don't really notice it too much besides, you know, what car they drive. Um, <laughs> because, like, at the end of the day, you know, everybody's everybody's there to play baseball. So, so I mean... You, I mean, you always hear guys like, hey, you know, you know this guy signed for X or whatever, but, like... And, and it's clear like who the who the big you know who the big money guys are but at the same time like 
you know, they can still get hit around just like anybody else and they can still, you know, have, so it's like, you're, you're all on a team. You're all there. You're all there to play the game. And so it was, it was, I mean, I didn't notice any, any difference that, I mean, obviously there's, there's, you know, some guys that, that make it, make it clear, but that's, I mean, if I had that kind of money, I probably would too. So, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, everybody's there to play the game and it, it was, um, wasn't too big of a, like a, a factor, you know, for me, cause everybody's still staying in host families. Everybody's still, you know, doing, you know, doing the same stuff essentially. My two first years in pro ball are actually really good. Um, my, my first year in Johnson city, I had a, had a pretty good year. I was like, I think I had like a, like a low three, but it was, it was like, I had a good, a good first pro ball year. And then my second year, I had a really good year. I was, I, um, for, I mean, for a short season, I was, I was kind of the guy out of the pen. Um, and so, and so in, in your mind, right. You're like, okay, you know, now we go and now we start to move and, and, and so my third year. And so, and then, um, between those two years, the Cardinals had us do this, had a couple of us do this mini camp and it, that kind of was like, okay, like they actually, you know, um, they actually have taken, you know, they like I, I, my work's paid off. They're actually like at least taking some sort of notice of me. And then, uh, and then my third year, that's when kind of, kind of went downhill quick, um, had some shoulder issues. And that's where, that's where I, I kind of wish that. And I, and I tell pro Bowl guys like, Hey, something's not right. Say something because you're, you know, if you have a bad outing and it's because of something that, that isn't just having a bad outing, it doesn't matter to them. Um, no matter how much you think that they, that they have, will give you a shot, you know, they'll, they'll understand, like, don't like it's They, especially if, if you're a low round guy, um, you know, one, one bad outing and you can, you can be gone the next day. In those first three seasons, Mavoris had a 3.81 ERA, but in 2018, his baseball career turned the corner. I had, had a start that um, actually threw well in the start and, and something, something pulled and um just wasn't right like I could still throw but it just it like hurt in the front of my shoulder each each time I threw a ball and so I didn't I didn't say anything because um yeah because I didn't say anything and um and and got hit around a little bit and then um and then just kind of never was never able to kind of get back to where you need you needed to in order to stick around if you're a low round guy like if you're I mean, no matter how much they want to say, it's about your stuff. It's about, you know, strikeout percentage, all that. If you're, you know, if your ERA is above a, above a four and you're a low round guy, you know, it probably, probably not. I mean, that's, then that's the business and that's, that's, you know, what, what you deal with. Mavors ended that 2018 season with a 6.57 ERA and the Cardinals organization decided to release him. After I got released, I, I still was like, okay, I can, I can, if I get to where I need to be in terms of velocity wise, cause that was my, that was my bugaboo. I, uh, I just never, I never threw too hard. Um, you know, there's, I can still get a shot. And so went to driveline, um, got to where I thought I needed to be velocity wise. And there, I mean, I can't, I can't any, anytime a guy asks me about driveline, I can't recommend them enough. Um, cause they, they, they know what they're doing. Um, and then went and played in the Can-Am uh, in Quebec. And that's where I kind of realized like, okay, like maybe if I train for another year, I could get, I could get better. I could get to where I need to be. 
but at the time, you know, it was just like, I got, I got other things in life that I want to do. And, um, and that's where, that's where I started to realize like, okay, maybe, maybe let's, might be time to hang them up. Mavoris's split from baseball came with the classic question, what comes next? Honestly, I wasn't too sure. And, and I think that's okay to, to, especially if you've been playing, playing a sport your whole life, I think it's okay to not know what you want to do and, and just, and try some things out. One of those things was the creation of the app athlete center. Mavoris set out to fill a void that he had personally experienced during his playing days. You're seeing all these guys post on social media like, hey, you know, looking for guys to throw with, looking for guys to train with. And um, and I was just kind of like, there needs, I feel like there's something for this because there's literally an app for everything. Why wouldn't there be an app for this? And so uh, I just started talking. I was like, I, I talked to my to my girlfriend. I was like, hey, you know, just is this is this something like a good idea? Because I mean, you you don't know when you have an idea. It's always a good idea to you, right? Like, but but people would be like, no, you're crazy, dude. Um, so talked to her. She's like, yeah, it's actually a good idea. And then talked to some buddies that I played with, and they're like, yeah, that's actually yeah, I would use that. And I was like, okay. And then I started researching. Has it, is there anything out there like that? And there wasn't. When I decided to you know to start this, then that's where like the you're like oh wow i kind of i kind of like this this creative thing you know um and and it's really been been a great experience for me like i didn't think i was going to be had that you know entrepreneurial creative side i didn't i had never thought about going into business um for myself but but creating something and, and seeing people use something that that you've created and that you've um that you've thought of and uh, has been has been a pretty a pretty fun experience Athlete Center is focused on current collegiate and professional players of all sports who are seeking workout buddies and fellow athletes in their area. This app is perfect for an athlete like Mavoris, who is spending a few months of the year in an unfamiliar city playing ball, or a collegiate athlete looking to get reps in. It's essentially designed for all athletes. So if you're an athlete and you live, I mean, because I know I lived in a small town when I was playing, and, and you know you you it's hard to find guys to get your get your work in with or you know guys or girls obviously to get your work in with um it can be it can be a struggle like when i was living in north carolina i would drive four hours a day to go you know to go get my get my throwing and get my lifting in and um and so basically the app is designed you put in your you know what sport you play or played um you know what you're looking for out of the app the three the three big pain points that i had when i was an athlete was training partner um, housing, cause off season housing is, is a struggle for, especially for, you know, professional athletes that, that don't make a lot of money and then networking because everybody, you know, if you have a teammate, everybody loves to go grab a drink or, you know, go do, do anything with it, with your teammates. Right. So I want that to be kind of the atmosphere on the app. It's just, it's just a big team. Um, and so you've put in that information and then once you get your profile approved, then you can go on the app and search for any athlete in your area for any specific need. So if you, you know, if you're a football player looking to looking to, you know, get some routes in, then you would put in, you know, you can put in football player training, looking for a training partner and then search that search the database. And it gives you a list of the exact same, you know, fitting your criteria and how far they are away. And so, um, the feedback I've gotten has been great. It's the only, the only issue is, um, you know, athletes not being in the area that the user is in. Um, so essentially just, just not enough users yet. And so that's what, um, that's what I've just been trying to, you know, get, get over that hurdle is just to get enough people on the app 
to where and to you know and to kind of kind of express that to to users that I talk to is like you know if you have friends that you think would use it share it because the more people that are on the app the just the better and better and better the experience is going to be he's trying to build a community of like-minded athletes an athlete center is available to the entire united states right now the majority of the users are in um the phoenix area and then uh the uh, san francisco los angeles um there's 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 118 users on the app right now most most of the majority in phoenix just because that's where my um, home base is and so trying to kind of tackle that this area right now just so like enough users get on the app and and it and becomes really functional and and design what it's meant and you know has that has that user functionality um in the phoenix area and then and then once once people because there's so many you know so many sports so many athletes down here um once it once it really starts to go i think it'll i mean it'll it'll expand to to um to other areas not to say that it's not available and you know nationwide right now but but the 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 not the complaint but the um you know the, the feedback i've heard from users in in you know in kansas or in because that's what you know what going to school in kansas have a couple buddies out there or on the east coast you'll get users that sign up and they say, you know, there's nobody around my area. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm working on it, man. Trust me. So, so, so that um, kind of, kind of really focusing on, on the Phoenix area is what I've been kind of what I've readjusted to try and do. Um, but, but if, I mean, yeah, I, I will take any and all people getting on and any feedback because, um, you know, it's free. So hop on, download it, give it a look and, and let me know what you think. The link to download this app is in the show notes. And to all the youth baseball players who dream of making it to the big leagues one day, Mavoris has one thing to tell you. Competition breeds success. Like you're chasing, you think, you know, in your, in your mind, and that's part of, you know, the closer mentality um, is, is, um, you know, and in, in you're, you're never not the best player in, you know, when you're playing. Um, so kind of, kind of taking that and, and, competing with other players on your team and other you know other players around the league and then in high school like I said I almost didn't you know I I was on the non-travel JV roster which you know when you think you're good is kind of a gut it's kind of a gut punch but um but so you know then that's when you find out about yourself if you're gonna let it you know let it kind of define who you're gonna be as a player or if you're gonna say okay you know respectfully I disagree and and go out and work that's all for the 14th episode of closer mentality I'm your host Julia Mellet. You can follow at Closer Mental on Instagram and Twitter to stay up to date on upcoming guests and full-length interviews. If you have an idea for an episode or would like to tell your story, send us a direct message. Tune in next Wednesday when I bring on Dylan Sheehy to talk about escaping the inherent poverty of reservation life through distance running. You won't want to miss it. See you next week.